Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka. I'm very excited for our guest today. We've got Will Hare with Bella V. We're going to be talking about growing your brand on Amazon. Will, awesome to have you here, my friend. Excellent. Happy to have you. It's Bella Vix, and I'm excited to talk about my favorite topic, all things Amazon. All right. All right. Well, and I, I apologize. I I knew what I should say for your company name, and you you corrected me. So thank it's you so much. Good. For it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I know with a last name like Pastalka, you just get over yeah. it. <laughs> I'm but sure I, there's lots of different ways you've heard it. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple. So, Will, it's always good to start out. I mean, people are going to be here. They're going to be listening. They're thinking about Amazon. But I want to start back a little further and, and understand you've got a deep background in different kinds of digital marketing with agencies, and other stuff. Give us a little bit of an idea of your background and then just what led you into specializing in, in Amazon. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of people don't know this is uh, I'm actually a, a licensed electrician to the United States Navy. So my journey is a long journey uh, to get to where I am today as an Amazon yeah. agency yeah. owner. So uh, some of the takeaways I took from um, being in the service and then leaving the service and working in the power industry uh, while going to school is I learned a lot about processes, um, also how to manage people and operations on a really large scale. And that was really applicable to what I do now. So from that, I was able to leave a very comfortable six-figure job to go make minimum wage at a startup company with some uh, colleagues I graduated uh, college with. And we started off in the tech space, but I was doing the digital marketing component. And we started with, you know, I like to say Google AdWords is the gateway to Amazon advertising. So yeah. started doing some general um, advertising and then worked our way. Uh, to specifically focus on products. And then from there, I kind of just jumped around to different agencies, um, gaining more knowledge around the ecosystem. Also kind of figured out what I wanted to do um, for a living. Uh, and so eventually it led me to work at my last agency where they didn't run things. It was more like a, a digital sweatshop, I like to call it. Oh, I managed yeah, close, yeah. To, close yeah. to 50 accounts at once. And it was intense. So one thing I felt bad is I wasn't a good steward of the brands I represented, and it was difficult to do proper due diligence when you're managing uh, the, that number of accounts. Um, so finally, I had my last straw, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm sure like every entrepreneur was like, I could do this better myself. Yeah. Um, so I left that job, and luckily, because I had the background in advertising, a lot of clients came out of the woodwork, and I was able to kind of get enough work to kind of keep myself going, and I was back in 2018. You know, fast forward to 2022, we officially have 15 full-time employees and we have a very, um, you know, my, my motto is world-class people delivering world-class service. So we're hyper-focused on being 
you know, your fractional marketplace management company and really integrating in your team to make sure that we're supporting you and representing the brand as it should be represented on the different marketplaces like Amazon and Walmart. So on you're you're typically helping people on Amazon or Walmart. Yep, precisely. Okay, okay. just want to make sure that's cool because uh, when I first thought, was talking, I was thinking it was more Amazon only, but it's not because I, I want to talk about that too because it's it, they're they're different ecosystems and it's it's really cool to see the differences in them too. So, so first of all, thanks for your service. Awesome. So, Thank what you. is one was one of the things you learned in the service that 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 sticks with you today? Uh, to be honest with you, I've learned a lot of what not to do from a management perspective. What I've learned, and nothing on all of our service members, but my experience with some of the uh, the enlisted leadership, not so much the officer side, was um, if you stay in long enough, you'll kind of just get promoted. That doesn't necessarily mean you have the right personalities yeah. to manage a lot of people. So I learned a lot of like, you know, at the end of the day, you get the job done. Uh, and that's a great attitude to have, but there are definitely ways to motivate people um, besides just strict discipline. And yeah. uh, and so having a lot of bad leaders uh, working under them, I learned a lot of what not to do. Um, yeah. And hopefully my employees say I'm a good leader and they enjoy working for me. <laughs> we'll see the comments rolling in right now. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> but no, that's cool. That's cool. And, and understandable, you know, because it it is very structured and, you know, and they've, because so many different kinds of people are, are, are coming together. It, it, I would imagine in the military, it's got to be very difficult to, to uh, have any sort of latitude one way or the other. Yeah. Or flexibility I mean, everything's processed to the T, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing almost every hour of the day. And that's, that's a good thing. And especially if you're somebody who operates like that, somebody yeah. like myself, a little more free spirited, uh, yeah. definitely wasn't a good atmosphere for me. Yeah. So, and yes, every entrepreneur says this, is I think I could do this better myself. Yeah. And, but you are, but you did, you did bring up one thing that I think happens in a lot of agencies and especially in marketing agencies is the, the desire to increase revenues and profits. You, you go past the point that you really can, can spend enough time with an existing customer to accurately or to adequately do what they really are, are expecting you to do. And, and I think even to the point that you could make more money if as a firm or, and make happier clients paying you more money, if you spent a little bit more time really doing it a hundred percent, do you think that's true? Yeah, hundred percent agree. And I think that's the challenge for any business is that scalability. So yeah. You know, what is it like when Will's not working in accounts anymore? What processes and accountability have we put in place with the checks and balances? And that's something we don't have perfected to any uh, degree, but it's something we're continuously working on. It's something we reflect on every quarter. Uh, big proponent attraction. Uh, the um, yep. I forgot the gentleman's name who wrote the book, but um, it's a uh, just a great, great way to do your, your 90 day rocks and all that other Gino Wickman. Is that Gino it? Wickman, yep. That's yeah. right. And you have the book too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, I mean, the rocks, the processes, I mean, it, it's, it's important in any business. And I think one of the things that I, I really think about when you're doing working with e-commerce and I can, 
and and like a platform amazon walmart on an e-commerce platform is nothing happens that you can see vision i mean it's not like things are happening physically around you to me it's e-commerce is such an interesting thing because you can screw something up like on a google adwords campaign and spend tens of thousands of dollars and not even know it yeah until it's till it's done yeah. Oh, and same thing on something like on Amazon. Pe- many people may not realize, but if you if one of your products, say you have a product that's normally it's a popular product, it's normally priced for a hundred dollars, and somebody fat fingers something, and that product's fifty dollars, you might sell ten thousand of them in the next hour. Yep. And and the, the the that's why I think process is so important in e-commerce operations, just because you have to, you know check double check verify and and the the visualization of that data automatically almost is key to to being able to manage so i assume that you guys are doing a lot of those kind of things absolutely and a lot of double check especially around the advertising space there are systems that you know if you don't put proper blocks in place you could spend 50 60 70 thousand dollars in a day because like it's <laughs> The audience yeah. is that big on Amazon. Yeah. So like you have to be really careful. And also what we find that limits a lot of brands growth on Amazon is like you can pull your brand to, you know, a million dollars a year, give or take on Amazon, 1.2, give or take. Um, but then you hit a point where like you need to have best practices in place. You need to have catalogization. You need to make sure everything is indexed properly on the back end. And you can't see that. The customers don't even see that. But yeah. Amazon's algorithm picks that up and they know who's playing the game properly and who's not. So, you know, you could throw a bunch of money out and grow it, but eventually you'll just keep hitting walls. And when we work with a lot of brands that we take over, a lot of times they hit a plateau yeah. and they're not sure what's going on. And then we go in and we're like, oh, your catalog's a mess. They're like, who did your advertising? Because you were just throwing money away. Um, and then it's just putting our processes in place. Um, and making sure that we're doing our due diligence and, and hitting our KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at Amazon and, and Walmart too, to a lesser extent, because I mean, when you look at the traffic, it's like the behemoth yeah. and then you look Walmart. I mean, there's, there's some interesting things that are happening on Walmart, but when you look at, uh, Amazon, what are some of the advantages for people that really want to grow a brand on Amazon? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Amazon is 60%. So 60% of people are going to go to Amazon and they're going to check reviews and they're going to see if they can get it cheaper. The two day prime shipping, which is almost expected in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, and they just have a, a large user base. Um, so it's not so much like, should I be on there? It's, you need to be on there. And if you're not on there, I challenge anybody who has some type of brand equity who's doing sales on their general website to check they're going to find a lot of their products over there um they're either going to be knockoffs from overseas um or they're going to have third-party sellers who just are not they're misrepresenting the brand and so that's going to be the user's experience and that's going to spill over into their website traffic generally Mm -hmm. just some rough numbers for you we see about any marketing efforts off of amazon about 20 percent of those customers will spill over onto the Amazon platform and actually make the purchase, even if you're running a promotion to your website. And it may be tied to the shipping. It may be tied to the reviews. Uh, a lot more people are get comfortable buying on Amazon because of the return policy and mm-hmm. how it's customer focused. You know, they focus on that end user who's shopping on the platform. 
So those are just some of the the perks and benefits and something for your brands to consider um, as they're as they're building their e-commerce empires. Yeah. Well, I've one of the things that I was wondering, do you see that more luxury brands are moving bigger ticket items onto platform like Amazon? So they are, but I would say that's a big challenge. So when people shop on Amazon, they're definitely price conscious. So if you're a luxury brand, but you really don't have brand equity built up. So let's just say your website sales are under 5 million a year. Um, you know, you probably don't have a lot of brand equity. Uh, you're mm -hmm. probably not in brick and mortar retail and you're probably going to have a really tough time selling your products on Amazon. So there are different pieces we could put in place. You could work with influencers. We like to use programmatic advertising and target similar brands. So like there are premium strategies that we could put mm -hmm. in place for luxury brands. Um, but generally if you're not, if you're not there yet from a branding perspective, um, it's going to be expensive. And a lot of the luxury brands that we have conversations with, um, they're not ready for that type of investment. And that makes Amazon not a good platform for them. Okay. I was curious about that because I know that there's in the B2B space, there's some very expensive things. I mean, it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, even getting bought and sold on Amazon every day. It's it's just when you look at in the B2C space, I didn't know if the luxury brands are really, really flocking there like like the, the general products were. Yeah, certain are. But if you look like Tiffany Co., the jewelry company, they're not mm -hmm. on Amazon. Nike pulled yeah. all their stuff off of Amazon. I consider them a premium athletic brand. Yeah. Um, so it it depends. There's a product market fit. Uh, Tiffany's at this point could definitely penetrate Amazon, create a really great brand experience and and get a lot of sales from the platform. Um, but obviously they, they don't think it's worth it yeah. for whatever reasons I'm not aware of. Um, yeah. But I just want to tie it back to the most important thing. It's just like, do you have brand equity built up? You can yeah. sell premium products. Um, there's certain strategies you can implement, but you know, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Okay. That's because that was just one of the things I was thinking. So when you look at the Amazon platform, where is it really everything for everyone or are there some hot segments that you go, man, this is just the place where you really want to be. I know there's a, a lot of them, but ones that you come to mind quickly for you, because <laughs> we could yep. be here for months yeah. if we went through it. But yep. I would say category wise, electronics are always the hottest. Um, mm -hmm. Home and kitchen, very giftable items tend to be really good. Um, affordable jewelry tends to do really well. Uh, and we've had some we've really successful case studies around supplements. Um, so okay. it, based on our experience, these are the categories that uh, we see tend to be really successful uh, on Amazon. Also soft goods, if you're in the furniture space. So not so much mattresses and couches, but pillows, lamps, um, you know, okay. decorative stuff tend to do really well. And then from a shipping perspective, they're a lot easier um, to manage FBA, why so on and so forth. So we see some success in those like subcategories uh, as well. Yeah. Okay. And are there any, I know Amazon does this from time to time and they go, okay, we want to really increase the amount of sellers in certain categories. And they may have 
built that out because I know it's been a long-term strategy that I've been doing this. I think the, the last time I was actually talking to somebody was several years ago, it might have even been over five years ago. Are they still doing that with categories that they're like, hey, we're, we're, we don't have anything in doing it? Or do you think they're pretty established at this point? They're pretty established, but they have programs like Launchpad uh, where they encourage innovative products to kind of hit the market. I feel that a lot of it's around tech to be transparent. So okay. a lot of electronic and tech products yep. uh, tend to get into those programs and tend to be successful. Um, you know, beauty in that particular area is difficult, but they did come out with a premium beauty category that has okay. its own benefits for being on it. So I don't think it's so much they're trying to get more people, uh, more sellers onto the platform. I think they're at this point defining categories better and pushing sellers into specific categories based on price point review count and quality of product okay okay so then we come to the all-important thing it, if i'm a seller on amazon a lot of people think this is just a race to the bottom in price but there's that and that's somewhat i i think is true i just want to get your feeling on it but there's a lot more into who gets shown first then price isn't there yep absolutely so amazon you know the algorithms built to put the products that are, are going to sell the most at the end of the day amazon you know the, the algorithm works is like if they search something and they click on the first or second product and they make a purchase that's kind of how their algorithm works but there are some nuances to that so fulfillment method influences it are you fulfilled by amazon fba meaning prime uh, or are you fulfilled by merchant FBM, meaning you're fulfilling the orders yourself? Um, what is your sales price? Um, what is the um, semantic text on the back end and the front end of the word? So are you relevant to the search query? And then there's the sales velocity. And sales velocity is influenced by the content on the product detail page, uh, the A-plus content, uh, the review count. Um, and some of the uh, features of that specific product will all influence the purchase. So it's actually a lot more complicated and it's not just on pricing. But if you look at any product, you know what most people who shop around, they're, they're generally looking at price point and they're looking at review count. Uh, you don't generally need to be the cheapest and the cheapest items don't always sell well. Um, and it it comes down to the strategy of what you want and the quality of the product. Also how you differentiate that product to the consumer, you know, on the front end for what shows yeah. up in initial search results, but also once they get to your product detail page, you know, do you have a convincing story? Do you have, you know, high quality images? Do you have video content? Do you have influencer endorsement? So there's a lot of nuances that go in there. You could sell your products at a premium price on Amazon, but you need to have, um, the backing to prove, hey, you know, this is why you need to spend $10 more on my widget versus their widget. And there needs, it needs to be clear and they need to get that in about, you know, less than three seconds because that's how fast they're skimming through these items. And then keep in mind, if you're a new product, you're competing with established sellers that have been on the platform that have good selling history. So it takes time to yeah. penetrate the market and earn that and earn those sales essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great point. Great points there. So does, the, how big a role does if you offer something in Prime really play compared to Fulfilled by Merchant? 
It's huge. It's a big difference. Um, we did it with a beauty company not too long ago and we, you know, we like three X their sales in 90 really? days and a lot of it. Yeah. They were hesitant about doing FBM. They wanted to save the 15%, give or take whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, Amazon's actually the antitrust lawsuit has a little bit, uh, S2992 is the legislation that's going through, but the fact that they're giving preference to prime eligible products creates a disadvantage in the market and they're still working that out. That'll be probably for the next decade. We'll be talking yeah. about it, but you know, they're being sued because they're giving preferential treatment to people leveraging prime. So without yeah. a doubt being on prime makes a difference, whether I have a case study or not to prove it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no doubt it makes a difference. And then no doubt if you're searching, you see the prime, the prime items come up first and it's not necessarily, as you said, it's not necessarily the lowest price. If there's nothing else prime, you might come up first because you're prime. Absolutely. And, and as a consumer, you know, I've been trained because I've come up with Amazon. It's like, I generally am not going to buy an item that's not prime because I, I want it in two days or same day or the next day. So I've, yeah, we are officially spoiled with, uh, you know, instant gratification for my online shopping. Well, and that really did. But when you look at it, the the Amazon Prime really revolutionized the the e-commerce expectations of the buyer, and and uh, now with uh, Walmart and their what is it, WFS Walmart, yeah, Walmart fulfillment services. Yep. Yeah, you know, have they even kicked that off yet, or is it? Yeah, let's go. We actually have some sellers active on it. You know, what's really interesting about Walmart is. Um, you know, what we have learned from being on both Amazon and Walmart is Walmart shopping online shopping experience uh, is not targeting a traditional e-commerce shopping experience. So the ideal user experience on Amazon, for example, is I go to Amazon, I find a product, add to cart, buy. Yeah. Two days later, it's shipped to my house. The Walmart experience is I find my products, I add to cart, and I make the order. And then I pick it up in stores. So there's a preferential treatment to products that are vendor and that have real estate inside brick and mortar Walmart stores. So there are challenges that come to advertising, indexing, and selling products that are not physically available in brick and mortar Walmart stores. Mm -hmm. um, and from what we hear, word on the street, because we do talk to some Walmart reps, is that they're changing this. and in 2022 they're telling us that third-party sellers will start to get preferential treatment but to this day we have not seen that change implemented yeah. so generally yeah. if you're a vendor you're going to do a lot better online than if you're a third-party seller yeah yeah that's that's interesting that you know because it for them it's a good it's a good strategy right because you get somebody yeah. in the store to pick up an item that they could likely pick up more um, they could get it faster potentially because I can order it, pick it up the same day in a few hours or whatever they can do. That's it's an interesting thing. And Walmart so, has a lot more stores than Amazon has fulfillment centers. You know, Amazon's yeah. big thing is like we have a fulfillment center within a hundred miles of every major city. Walmart is in every major city uh, and every suburb and every yeah. everywhere, you know. This is true. This is true. And that's where I think you know the interesting thing about what COVID did for e-commerce is that that buy online, pick up at the store got so popular in so many different places. When you look at even Home Depot or you look at Rite Aid, groceries, the whole nine yards, everybody got used to it. And 
I wonder how much of that's going to just stay with us because it is convenient. Oh, it's not. I mean, to be honest with you, we do all our grocery shopping online now. Our grocery bill is a lot more manageable because I don't walk down the potato chip aisle and just load the cart up anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's convenient and it's hard. So now when we go to stores, it's like stuff we need that we weren't able to get online. So it's changed the user experience. We have a whole generation that's going to come up with groceries showing up on the door, you know? Yeah. Um, pretty soon we're going to be like the Jetsons. I can't wait till I get my Rosie the Robot. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bring me something to eat. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so as you, as you thinking about Amazon now, and you touched on this a little bit, uh, many a lot of people might not understand that there's a whole advertising ecosystem behind amazon so let's talk about amazon advertising a little bit and the you you touched on this you can get about so big but you really have to look at after that you have to look at advertising you have to look at, just talk about advertising on amazon for a minute and some of your thoughts around that and what you've been learning with that yeah. So we actually developed our methodology. That's a full funnel approach to Amazon advertising. And we're, we are, cause we're completely white hat. So we don't believe in buying reviews or doing any of that black hat tactics. And we know mm -hmm. for a fact, Amazon's going to figure it out. Oh yeah. Um, so through the Amazon ecosystem, we kind of have two major tools. We have programmatic advertising, which is Amazon's DSP demand side platform. And what that does is that gives us the ability to target customers on and off of Amazon through uh, owned and third-party um, suppliers. Um, and we could target them through apps, through websites, um, you know, and then on Amazon properties. Um, so an example is if somebody was, somebody's even in market for, you know, widget A, or let's just say they're in market for anti-aging cream, because that's nice and easy. Um, we're going to be able to serve ads to them, even if they've never been exposed to the brand. We could also do, and you can work your way down the funnel from, you know, lifestyles, um, in-market, um, purchase, and then retention. Oh. So you kind of get that full funnel through the programmatic. But keep in mind, programmatic is, you know, we're catching these people as they're not directly shopping for specific products so the ads need to be relevant and there needs to be some type of behavior or lifestyle that triggers uh, an event that will cause our ads to show um, the second side of this and this is really where the power of amazon is is the pay-per-click platform so those are the ads you see inside the platform whether it's on search results or on product detail pages and in some cases if you're running deals or promotions you get special placements on different amazon pages um, and that's where we're able to derive direct return on ad spend. And we measure our, our success by advertising cost of sale or return on ad spend. Now, when we do advertising here at Bella Vicks, we like to use something called tacos. Uh, I'm not talking about the food, but it is close to dinner time. But we're talking about a uh, total advertising cost of sale. So what we look at is total spend to total sales, organic and advertising. Because yeah. we know advertising sales will influence uh, total sales. And so when we look at that, we say, okay, you know, what's, what's our tacos target. And then based on that, we get a baseline for what that in market and below for pay-per-click cost is and what our ACOS is going to be there. And then whatever residual budget we have left in terms of efficiency, we'll start to do that upper funnel targeting. And over time we'll get more efficient and we'll be able to drive results and drive growth over a longer period of time. Um, so that's kind of like our our secret sauce, I know there, there's naysayers, 
And then just to tie it back, so what's different about Amazon's data versus Google's data versus Facebook's data? So Facebook's data is based on social engagement. Amazon's data is based on browser behavior. Uh, sorry, Google's data is based on browser behavior. And right. Amazon's data is based on actual shopping habits from Amazon customers. So we're really catching people on how they shop, how they consume items, and how they discover different brands and items. You know, uh, it's like 66% from a Feedvisor survey of brands are now discovered on Amazon first because they're doing a lot of that shopping around. So it's really interesting ecosystem and advertising. At this point, it's a pay-to-play platform. So advertising is the best way um, to get discovery, um, customer acquisition, and, um, and driving growth. So when you look at the advertising is I've, I've heard some people say over the past few years, the advertising costs have doubled like for a Google pay-per-click. Has it done the same thing on the platform and Amazon too? It's gotten a lot more expensive. It has. Yep. It's still nowhere near Google yet, um, but it's gotten a lot more expensive and it's just, there's a lot more sellers on it, especially since mm -hmm. COVID. I mean, it was a massive rush of new sellers. Also in the ecosystem, there's lots of aggregators, whether they're buying brands, uh, or they're buying agencies and they're flooding the market with money and they don't necessarily know how to use it efficiently. So they're driving up prices, uh, driving up cost per click. Um, and it's definitely affecting, you know, the average seller, if you will. Well, yeah, because the aggregators in our, in our world of mergers and acquisitions, they are really the darlings of Amazon for some of these small sellers looking to exit and, and many oh, yeah. different methods, many different methods, full buyouts, partial buyouts. We, we can launch you here and other places. There's all, and there's a few of them that I believe are even may not be public now or going to be public thrash. Oh, there's a couple, I don't even want to start saying names, but there's <laughs> some, but there's some of them there that, that do it in different ways. And yeah. um, that's a good point though they had tons of money and, and they have to show this growth to their investors. So they're going to, they're going to spend a bit more aggressively than, yep. than say a brand that's going to be there for many, many years and wants to just keep building that brand. Yeah. That's, and you that can still do that. It's just going to get more expensive. We've actually worked with two companies so far that we've grown to the point uh, where they were bought up by aggregators. They were, you know, they had omni channels, yeah. so they were doing both, but um mm -hmm. It's a really interesting process and it's um, it's really interesting to see it, uh, you know, 10 years from now, maybe even five years, uh, the whole ecosystem is going to be so much different, which, you know, makes it really exciting too. Yeah. So, so you talk, let's talk about that. What do you think that you're, you're saying that is, that intrigues me? What do you think you're going to see on Amazon, the changes in the ecosystem? In my humble opinion, and this is only a hypothesis based on my experience, I can see right now agencies are getting bought up like crazy and they're being put into these systems where they're also buying brands at the same time. Um, so a company like Pattern or Thrasio, uh, their model can be really successful where they're like, hey, we'll buy your products wholesale and we'll handle all the distribution and everything because they know the formula to grow yeah. brands on Amazon. And it's almost a no brainer where if you're a brand and you're killing it on your website and you got social media down, and you don't want to deal with Amazon and the headache that comes with that, you know, why wouldn't you turn to one of these companies, sell them wholesale, make sure they're representing your brand properly and 
you know, let them handle it and, and everybody's happy. So I foresee that um, it's going to be a difficult marketplace for brands to start off. So the dream, you know, we're all about small businesses, I think is going to change. Um, and I think that we're going to see um, a lot of really large companies really own the Amazon experience. Um, so that's my my humble opinion. No, I think I think there's going to be a lot of that going on. Like you said, the agencies combined with with building brands, you put them together, and it's a service that's very hard for us for a an individual brand to to even compete with be able to play, you know, because of the, the bandwidth and the capabilities that you have in the larger agencies. Yeah. So that's going to, that's interesting. The, um, so you, when you see these brands that you're working with over time, do you really think that they're uh, like an individual product categories or things like that? Is there like a, a shorter lifespan on Amazon or do you see some of these things just being perennial favorites? Cause they've got good reviews and you, you just go, man, it's a good product. It's something we're going to go. Or do you think that there's always the new players that are, that are kind of coming in and, and slapping them, you know, out of first place kind of thing. There'll always be competition. I think that's what makes it great. But I do think that strong brands were really good products is what makes, makes or breaks a, a company on, on Amazon. Um, so that's why I say anybody can fit on Amazon and don't be scared about the aggregators and everything else. There is an opportunity. And if you're penetrating the market, like I said earlier on, the differentiation of your product and your unique selling proposition, you know, the market will tell you if it's unique enough to, to sell. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough. I work with a, a 3D, uh, sorry, a plastic manufacturer who did color changing uh, party glasses and stuff like that. And I remember when we first started working with them, I'm like, this is never going to work. And I ate my words because in, you know, in the first year we did like 1.2 million and then we three X the second year. Um, and it oh was my. just crazy. And it was just like the riches are in the niches. Nobody was doing color changing bowls, spoons, party cups. And then from there, they're like, Oh, people love this stuff. So then there's straws and, hats and then started putting together kits and accessories and you could see how we're able to take just this concept and make test the mvp and go holy crap there's a market here and then they're like great look at all these other products we can build um we were able to just scale them up so you just never know and good quality products are gonna are gonna stand out that's awesome what you just <laughs> shared is, i mean it is because if you think about you know me being Joe Schmo trying or, or Jill Schmo trying to build a business, right? And and I have an idea that I want to try out on Amazon and here's some products and, and you go, wow, that's popular. What if we added this into it? And then you look at um, the way you can either then sell bundles or sell, uh, you know, recommended bundles, whatever you're doing there with, with your products, you can just keep expanding that and until you go, okay, we've pretty much done that now let's try this you know let's try this line of something else so that's yep. that's and, great and amazon makes it easy you can do virtual bundles you don't even have to bundle it and barcode it you can have each item separate and just mm -hmm. do it virtually i'm gonna write that down because i have some <laughs> questions on that the virtual bundles. I like that. all right yeah yeah well because the you, most 
this is where you talk about the riches are in the niches, right? So yeah. if you always know, and this is where I think a lot of people, if they're if they're making a product or they've got a product line and they see orders, they lose the value of, of bundling. They just don't don't see it at, and and how much in, in a virtual bundle is a really easy way to do it because if I if I always buy and I always like to use examples of kids because I had kids right I buy coloring books I'm going to get crayons or yep. if I get you know if I get uh, some sort of game electronic game I'm probably getting batteries if I have to do it or something you know yep. maybe bad examples but those kind of things put them together or in kitchen yeah. supplies it's so it's you know put together a set of knives don't just yep. send them one night sell a set too or what's and, great you know, Amazon brand analytics on the back end, as long as your brand registered, they'll show what items are commonly bought and what percent are they purchased with your item. So like we work with a beauty brand and they sold this um, BB cream, which is like some type of beauty cream. I, I don't, you yeah. know, they use it on their skin and makes it look beautiful. Yeah. But what we found is sponges and brushes were the most common accessory bought with it. And then they just, they got a manufacturer, they sourced the product, they made sure it was a premium quality and it represented yeah. the brand well, put it bundled together and we just increased the basket size by $17 per order because we had that bundle and we represented it on the product detail page. It's It was a no-brainer. Exactly, exactly. That's ex that, that's a great, great example of how you can do that. And when you look at that, if, you're, if your original order size was, say, 40 bucks, even yeah. 50 bucks, even adding $17 to that order by doing yeah. that. That's a significant increase. It's 30% oh, yeah. plus increase. It's, it's really, you can do a lot with your sales and, and profitability just doing that. Exactly. So, and volume, if you're moving a hundred thousand units, I mean, that's $17 yeah. is going to make a big difference. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really still to this day, it amazes me the volume of people that if you have a popular product, how much of it you can really move in a single day, in a single yeah. hour, if if it's popular. So when you let's talk about that for a minute. When you if you've seen where you you've had one of your clients had a product run and it just goes nuts. Yeah, uh, supplement category we're able to do it pretty often if it's um, especially if it's doctor backed. Um, you know we have this. Uh, product that's like um they were really smart when they launched it they tied it to um, a natural um mm -hmm. being the search term so it was inside the product name and they were able to piggyback off a lot of that and we went from moving you know we launched a product in the first 90 days it was like okay we were doing maybe you know 50 we earned it up to about 50k and then it just took off um, well, I, they did some TikTok stuff and outside of it, and then we were doing our advertising strategy. Uh, we officially move um, a month of this, just this one product in their catalog. We move about half a million dollars a month, oh, uh, and wow. it's like a $30 product. So <laughs> and the, the price points, right? And then once you get that sales, like the reviews flow in, it happens to be a good product. So a lot of positive reviews, and then, then it's just, you can't stop it. And then he... <laughs> He had it on his end where he was manufacturing itself and then he was like in a panic and then he had to find a manufacturer who could manufacture in a facility who could handle that volume. Because not only were we selling a lot on Amazon, they were starting to kill it on their website too. So mm -hmm. this guy had the problems we all dream we're having. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because I, I always, um, 
think it's it's interesting when people look at uh you know i've i've got this great product but i can't sell it but i'm not on amazon for some reason because there are opportunities so much opportunities like you said in the niches before to be able to just just get a just a a, a hairline fraction of a tenth of a percent of the traffic and, and you can do tremendous amount of business on there absolutely and i will say if anybody's considering jumping on amazon and you sell wholesale Make sure you have a good map policy in place. Make sure if you don't want people to sell on Amazon that it's explicitly written out in your agreements because something that will pose a challenge to growing your brand on Amazon is that you have a lot of third-party sellers. Removing them is a very difficult process because at the end of the day, if they can get your products, they're technically allowed to sell it on Amazon. And it also opens the floodgates for fake products. So we see it over and over again in the beauty space, but it also happens in the tech space, the home and kitchen space. So it's pretty common. So we like to say, make sure you work with a good legal group because we're at the end of the line. By the time we're dealing with it, you already have the problem and it's it's a painful process. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and I know Amazon's gotten a lot better about policing, um, yeah. policing brands anyway, and yeah. making sure authorized people because it was the wild west early on that's for sure not too long ago like five years ago it was still the wild yeah. west it wasn't until they changed the legislation saying marketplaces are not responsible for any damages due to the end user and now we see things like need to get search you know coas certificate yep. of analysis submitted in if you're selling supplements anything topical or ingestible you have to provide documentation safety sds sheets so They've yeah. become a lot more diligent over the last two years about certain types of products. And it's, you know, to be honest with you, it's a pain, but it's a good thing. It just means less yes. people are going to be hurt. So we're, yes. we're all about it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I actually talked to someone, I don't know, a couple of years ago here that would, that had been selling something for a long time on Amazon and, and all of a sudden it got delisted because they, they didn't understand what they needed to submit and and get it going again so sounds like they weren't reading all their amazon emails either <laughs> that yeah it's not like you don't get like a lot of them there's a lot yeah. to come out but you got to bring them all <laughs> so the the other thing that that we'll talk about briefly here is is amazon created prime day and this this has really become something in and of its own but you just sold when we got on that they, they've announced prime day but give me your perspective on Prime Day, what it really is doing for, for sellers and love Amazon. Prime Day. Normally, summertime, Q3, expect a lull. Uh, right before Q4, just people are out vacationing. They're not shopping online. And this drives a massive amount of eyeballs to Amazon in a 48-hour period. Um, some key dates for your listeners. April 28th, make sure you submit all your promotions. If you don't submit them, you're going to miss out. Uh, lightning deals are effective. You can accept all the deals. And when they tell you what your time slot is, if it's like two o'clock in the morning on Prime Day, you can cancel them and save yourself the three or five hundred dollars. I don't remember the exact amount. And June 20th, make sure you have all your inventory checked in at fulfillment centers. Otherwise, you may not have inventory in time. So those are the two key dates. But we love Amazon. Customers are expecting a discount. You don't have to go crazy and do a large discount, but you should be offering some type of coupon or promotions. Real big fan of coupons because they get visibility inside of search um, and they're easy They're easy to run. And it's a performance base. So you pay, I think, 60 cents per click, but you're only charged after they check out. 
Um, so whatever discount you're promoting, make sure you add additional 60 cents to that per unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is Amazon's time to shine. So normally when we work with brands, we're looking for some omni-channel promotions. We're looking for people, shout outs on social media, shout outs via email list. This is a great time for us uh, as Amazon uh, brand ambassadors to uh, make sure we're maximizing uh, our ability to move product during this period, making sure we're driving awareness and then getting people to follow our storefronts so we could get them. Amazon's given us the ability through the customer engagement tool to email customers who follow our, our brand. So we can now give them updates through the Amazon platform. Oh. It's very templated, but they're rolling it out and giving more features. So Amazon's aware that they're, you know, it's a black box so they don't share customer info. But they're giving us tools now to drive lifetime value. They're also giving us a lot of metrics around search. So um, we like this holiday. It's going to be a great opportunity to get more followers, to sell more product, and to kind of give your brand a lift that carries you into Q4. Um, So you could tell I'm personally excited about it. Not to mention, I have my list of products that I want to buy. So like I'm waiting for the deals to come in so I can hopefully get get some good products at at a discount. Yeah. So if if somebody's sitting here today and they're on Amazon and, and they feel pretty good about what they're doing, but they aren't doing, you know, they just kind of haven't really changed what they've been doing in the past couple of years. What are a few things that they should be looking at? No, it's kind they of broad, but but yeah, the listings for sure. Like for example, we change at the minimum, we change our title. We always split test. So we're split testing titles, split testing the USP on the pages. Uh, you should be updating your images at least once a year just to keep it fresh. Should be working with influencers to get good lifestyle images. Um, on top of that, see what you're indexing for. Amazon has recently launched. Uh, they had brand analytics and now they launched, I think it's like the brand search. So it's a new feature that you could see how often some a term is searched over a given period how many sellers show up and what's your share of voice around there. So you could really start manipulating your listings to try to figure out, you know, what's the best way to position this product that's going to maximize my return. So there's lots of things to test um, and there's lots of great software. So we're, we use sell zone where, you know, I'm a big fan. I do a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of split testing and everything using their software. Um, but there's also helium tens, another great solution. That's pretty popular. Um, so highly recommend that if you're not, make sure you're testing. Um, and if you feel like you've hit some stagnation, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to reach out to a couple agencies and just pay for an audit. They will, you know, our job is to go in and rip apart your catalog to tell you where opportunities are. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go work with one of these consultants. You can generally take that information and take it back to your team and implement whatever makes sense. But you know, people like us, we're in the ecosystem literally every single day. If you follow me on LinkedIn, I do news updates at least once a week. Um, so it's constantly changing. And if you're not staying up with these changes, your competitors are, and they're going to, yeah. they're going to come in and eat your cake and that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, Will, it's been awesome talking to you about Amazon, I'm sure there's a ton of other questions I can get and we could get technical and we'd probably lose a lot of people because you're you really understand this well. But I I just want to say I appreciate you getting on and talking about how people can really grow their brand on Amazon. You gave 
several good examples. I mean, especially as you're talking about advertising, you're talking about just at the end here, talking about the important things you should be doing on your uh, listings and changing images and doing those things. Because I, I think that's one of the big things that people miss is they just, oh, my listing's done. Thank goodness. Yeah. Go to the next Set thing. And forget you know? it. Yeah, yeah, set it and forget it. And that I wrote that down. I think that's something. And and the the A B testing like you're doing and, and and explain how you're optimizing. So I just I think we'll we'll end here. You've done this has been awesome having you on here. And I just enjoy learning more about Amazon from you. And so the prime day dates that we have to worry about, April 28th is to get your the the deal submitted. June 20th, you want to get your inventory has got to be at the FBA locations by June 20th. Yep. Okay. Want to make sure of that because that's, that is an important day. How much more do they sell on prime day than they do on a, a normal day? Uh, generally at least two X, I would say is a safe target. So like if I was telling you to prepare inventory for those two days, I would take, you know, what you're doing the monthly, those particular days and do like 2.25 just to have a little extra. Um, cause okay. it's not going to hurt to have some on the shelf. Okay. Awesome. Worst thing awesome. to do is to run out of inventory Ooh. when people are buying all your items. Yes. Yes. You don't want to do that on prime day. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks Will for being here from Bellavix talking about growing your brand on Amazon. Appreciate you stopping by today. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. All right. Well, We'll be back again next week on the Faces of Business with another guest talking about business and life. Thanks for being here today, everyone, and we'll be back.